Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Behind the Smiles. We caught up with longtime volunteers Lorena and Christy during our Guadalajara medical mission earlier this year. Lorena served as the electronic medical records team lead and Christy was a member of the pre and post-op nursing team. This couple lives in Fresno, California, but they have traveled across the globe donating their time and expertise to children in need of life-changing surgery. In this conversation, they share some of their fondest memories from more than 30 medical missions they have participated in. Keep listening to hear what keeps them coming back. My name is Lorena Arellano. I'm originally from Mexico, but I come from California and I do electronic medical records. I'm Christy Leverage. I'm a pre-post nurse from California. I think it's so cool that we're here um, because in Guadalajara, Mexico, because this is where it started for you three years ago and this happens to be where you grew up. Yes, I agree. I'm so happy to be back in my country and be able to help my people and back in the city where I grew up. But yeah, it's wonderful. Tell me, how did you get started with Operation Smile? Uh, nine years ago, one of my coworkers came, I was talking to her at work and she said, she was telling me about her trip to Brazil with, with this group. And she said, oh, there were just long days. She was exhausted, overworked, hungry, dirty, so many kids that needed help. And I said, where do I sign up? And nine years later in 22 missions, here we are. And 22 and going. Great. And for you, what was it like to start with Operation Smile? I've been telling you about my missions. We finally got you on one. What was that like for you? Incredible. I have learned so much about it, and I never thought that I would be able to do the things that I'm doing. And I have learned not only about what I do with the kids to help them out with uh, taking the information, which that's what I do, and put it all in the computer, but also be able to help the nurses. Sometimes I'm in the PACU and I'm able to just jump in and help take care of the kids, keep them clean uh, with the blood and this and that. And so it's really great because that's the part of me that I really didn't know I had. So it makes me feel so happy that I found this other side of me that I didn't know thanks to Operation Smile and the opportunity of helping people. And I especially love to come to Mexico, because it's the country where I was born, but I love to be also in Latin America so I can speak my language and I can really connect with the people. How about you? Um, what was the question? What do you like about <laughs> operations? What have you discovered? What I, I, think, I think similar to you, it's brought out things in me that, it's strengthened things in me that were already there, but it's given me an opportunity to connect with people and to see see that we're all the same no matter where you go in the world that we're we all bleed red and we all want the best for our families we all want um, to be cared for and to care for others and it's a beautiful thing to to feel that human connection one of my favorite things to do on missions especially in countries where I don't speak the language 
is I always bring a bottle of nail polish, as you've seen me. And yeah, um, it's a chance where I can sit down on the floor and I can ask um, the girls to come around. I hold up the bottle of nail polish and they'll come and sit down. And we just take five minutes to paint their nails. And for me, it's a way to say without speaking the language, I see you, I see your soul and you're important to me enough to sit down on this dirty floor and, and take some time with just you. And when I can't say that with words, I can say that with nail polish. And that's one of been one of my favorite memories with Operation Smile is that that little connection with people. With I, I see how you do that. And I love when you do that part. For me, it's when I'm in the recuperation room, pack you, uh, I get to see the kids come out, they come, wake up from anesthesia, they're scared, and if they're nurses that don't speak the language, I'm able to come and talk to them in my own language mm -hmm. and make them feel better. And I talk the baby talk, like, it's okay, it's gonna be okay. No, tell them how it really is in Spanish. En español, bebé, vas a estar muy bien, y mira que bonito saliste. And so <laughs> it's really great to be able to do that. And the fact that they respond so well when you talk to them in that, in their language and that they connect with you and that they feel love and care even though their mom is not there and they're going to see it soon that fills my heart with so much joy and it makes me feel wonderful every time the mission ends my heart is just full of happiness from all the these kids that gives you so much yeah talk about what your role your role is as electronic medical records and why how that makes the the mission function uh, I'm in charge of taking all the information that is in the chart and put all the information in the computer. So all the data goes in the computer. So from beginning to end, everything that they do for evaluation, screening, and everything they do in the surgery goes in the computer. So I get to do throughout the mission every day that part. I also take care of doing the programming or the schedule for the mission so we know how many surgeries we're gonna have, what kind of surgery, so everybody knows what the role is and when they have to do it. So it's an, it's an important role, even though it's not a medical role, I have been able to do a few little medical things because I'm in the recovery room and I love being able to help the nurses and be with the kids. So it's a great opportunity to do a little bit of both. It's been fun to watch you progress too because you started with the paper, the paper records Yes. learning that system yeah. and then learning the computer system and now you go to missions to train other people and most of all to train local people so that they're self-sustainable and being able to keep those records accurately and produce the schedules so that everything flows smoothly yeah. during the week yeah it feels really good really to be job. able to help out the people in country to train them and so they can be self-sufficient at some point yeah yeah and I love that I still get to talk and take care of the kids and the moms. That's what it's always about. Because sometimes it's the moms that need help too, so mm -hmm. I'm able to do that too. I love that you take the time to be away from the computer. You have your job done, but then you also take time to be with the kids, which is why we're here. That's right. Um, the same way as you do when we're doing evaluations and you do the nails, which is wonderful. What about your role? Explain um, as a little a bit. Pre and post nurse, my job is to get the kids ready before surgery, make sure they've been fasting correctly make sure that they're not ill, so we take their vital signs. We work with the pediatrician to make sure they're still healthy enough to get surgery. Um, 
get them in their gowns and get them all ready for surgery, help keep them calm, keep the mothers calm along with child life to make sure that they go in feeling comfortable and confident. They're putting a lot of trust in us. And I think my job right before sending them to surgery is to ensure them that they're in good hands and that we're gonna give them the very best care possible. And then I get to see them after they come out of the recovery room and they're not as happy then, unfortunately. But the moms are, the moms or dads are, oh, yeah. are just beaming because they're a little angel who's come, they've traveled so far, they got selected for surgery, they finally got this surgery and now they're holding this child who they've been waiting for five, 10, 15, 20 years to get the surgery. Now it's, it's finally there. The lip has been closed or the palate's been repaired. And um, I think it's just, it's neat to see the culmination of all those emotions when it's finally over. And so my job is to make the child comfortable give them pain medication, um, and then teach the parents how to take care of them, how to take care of the lips so that they heal well, to keep them clean so they don't get infected, mm -hmm. teach them how to take the antibiotics, and um, because they're only gonna spend one night, they spend that one night with us. Um, the night nurses do a great job taking care of them overnight. We come back in the morning and we discharge them home with some last minute instructions and send them on their way. What's another thing that you like about doing this? There's so, so many things that I like about OpSmile. I'm amazed that they've been, for 36 years, have been doing, pulling together these missions. They mm -hmm. make these multinational teams, often teams of people that have never met before. They pull them from all over the world. They come together to one city. Yeah, we all call and in just mm -hmm. a few days, we get, get things all screened. And then surgery actually works to do 100, 125 safe, effective surgeries that's no small feat and um, it happens over and over and it still surprises me every time that it actually works. works. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not, that's not what keeps me coming back to OpSmile. What keeps me coming back is that because of Operation Smile, Jose Juan, five-year-old, had his palate closed and he can now say his ABCs clearly mm -hmm. and can be mm -hmm. understood. Yeah. Or 19-year-old James can finally take that mask off his face. Remember him, we met yes. him in Chiapas. Yeah. Who had hidden behind a surgical mask his entire life because of shame. he was shamed and had never had his lip repaired. We repaired his lip and his for the first changed. time in his life, he was mm -hmm. able to take that off and, and able to make eye contact. I don't know that he'd ever done that in his life. And same with the babies where yeah. the to the one-year-old who now has their lip closed and can now eat without milk coming out her nose and can grow and, and be strong. And it's for those kids. It's not the group, it's not the masses. It's for those specific kids that I keep coming back. For my Silas, my six-year-old Silas in Africa who can oh, now right. walk straight because we were able to release a, a, a scar that connected his knee and his thigh, we released it so that he can actually walk normal. Mm -hmm. um, so many stories, so many kids. I know, but it's those individual, they're not even cases, individual stories, individual mm -hmm. journeys that we get to be a part of for this short yeah. time that stick to your heart and... and uh, Keeps you wanting to come back yeah. over and over. Yeah, yeah I agree like the baby that you were holding the other day in screening, mm -hmm. who laughed for 20 minutes straight. He stole my Could barely heart. catch his breath yes. because you had him laughing so hard. But these people are beautiful and so grateful that we're here and 
I think I'm even more grateful that I'm here to be a part of their story. Another important part is the people that you meet, your team that you work with. It's amazing that we come from, like you said, so many different parts of the world. And sometimes we don't even speak the same language, but when we come here, we have one Not with same our mouths, language. But the hearts is the same language. It's, we all are here for the kids. We're all here to help them. And we all come together and it works beautiful. So it's amazing to see how it comes together, how we help everybody. And nobody cares about anything, but it's the same goal to help the kids. Some of our best friends it. now are people that we've met on yeah. these missions. I agree. I remember your first mission when we came in to here in Guadalajara. It was your 50th birthday. Oh, I remember And we were that. in the cafeteria yes. and they, we sang to you in English first, or in, Mex in uh, Spanish. Spanish first, and then in English. And then they kept going, and I think there were six or seven languages the, they represented were the by the team. From and Egypt. Egypt, and that they all sang, and yeah. that made my day, and that was my first mission. Egypt, Italy, yeah. Philippines. years old, yeah. first mission, and had that amazing singing with everybody. It was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to forget that. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty special. Neither with the kids. It's just great. Yeah. Describe a situation where you felt the most challenged your mission, and how you how'd you work through that? I had a problem with my computer. I was just going to say that's probably not the very most likely unusual. challenge. And I had to just keep going and, and not pay too much attention to what was the final count number because it wasn't doing it right. And I knew what was the number because fortunately we have paper, people that are writing everything that I'm doing in the computer. So then we were able to solve the problem and I just went, this is what happens. You just keep going and just try to solve it at the moment but if it's not possible you just put it on the side and you keep doing what you need to be doing in order to get everything moving without having to stop the whole process so that's how i solve it and then it worked out perfect what about you i kind of think that the the challenges of the mission turn out to be some of the greatest experiences too it's mm -hmm. the simplest things that might be a simple thing at home hanging an iv bag well if you don't have an iv pole you you get out the duct tape and you tape it to the wall. And then when they go to the, right. go to the bathroom, you yeah. rip it off the wall. You have so to be you, resourceful. You have to be very resourceful. Um, but when I hear the word challenge, I think one of the most challenging experiences was in Malawi. Yes. And again, it was because it's different on the mission. You don't have the same resources that, that we may have at home. We, I was working as a night nurse. In the middle of the night, we had a child who was going into respiratory distress, was in shock. I remember that. And yes. There's just two of us there and we had some hospital staff, but no doctors that would respond to us because they were in other cases. And this child was heading toward needing to be intubated and needed some serious care. Um, the, it was five in the morning, I called our team leader. She was 45 minutes away on the top of a mountain where the hotel was. And I said, listen, yes. we have this child, you need to get here now. She mm -hmm. said, well, we'll be there as soon as we can. I said, okay, but we need you now. And I was getting nervous because mm -hmm. We didn't, I just, it was, it was scary. This child was very, very sick and was going down quickly. And um, fortunately I had a very, very competent nurse with me and our clinical coordinator was extremely competent and helped kept, kept us calm. She's driving down the mountain and right before she lost service, she said, she told us, gave us an idea of what we need to do to help this child um, have a clear airway mm -hmm. um, of what was within our scope of practice. We obviously can't intubate, but it was something within our scope of practice to put in a, 
an LP tube to help her breathe. And then we lost service. So we had no connection with our team. Um, things were getting pretty scary with this child and my teammate put the tube in. The child started to breathe more comfortably. About a half hour later, we got connection again with our team coordinator, says we're just outside, meet us in the PACU. So we run over there with the child. I stayed behind to comfort the mother and, and it worked out very well. Everyone gave their best that day and um, yeah, and she was okay. Um, and the mom was okay. And then sooner, sooner or later we were okay too, but it was, um, these kids just need so much care and attention. And I'm so grateful to be here with such a competent team to be able to work through medical like challenges that, yeah. because what we're dealing with can have serious consequences and we have to be very professional and very careful. And yes, um, that was, that was a success story that I'm, I'm, I learned a lot from and I'm grateful to have the people that were around me, around me. What about your first mission? Uh, what was when that people like? say, what's your, your favorite mission? I, I always say it's my first one because yeah, it's yeah. hard to choose. Yeah. But there's something magical. It's like falling in love for the first time. It's something you will never forget. Mm -hmm. um, my first mission was in Nicaragua and I had waited a year and a half after I applied to Operation Smile to get on that first mission. So it was long anticipated. Mm -hmm. And everything was just new and exciting and figuring out how things worked. And I remember the screening day so clearly. I remember some of the clothes that the kids wore. There was a three-year-old with Down syndrome who had a unilateral cleft lip who wore this white lacy dress and had a white lacy hat. And she, because of her cleft lip, was able to just smile from ear to ear with her whole soul. Mm -hmm. And I, and she smiled at me. That, it, I'll never forget her. I don't yeah. remember her name, but I will never forget her smile and how she smile. made me feel. Yes. And it was just magical. Mm -hmm. to, and I just had to keep pinching myself to, am I really a part of this? Am I really here? Am I really meeting these wonderful, wonderful people mm -hmm. who have come so far, have made so many sacrifices to get surgery for their kids. And it just made me feel so honored to be a part of it. And I still feel that way. I. I do too. Every mission, I feel like, yes, I'm going again, yeah. and they pick me again, and what a wonderful opportunity to help again. It's, yeah. 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 When people ask about about the missions who have never been, so, oh, they must be so appreciative, and yes, they are, but I feel like I'm the one that benefits most from these missions because they... I, I completely agree with you on that. My soul. You come back home with a full heart of joy and it's just amazing the the high that you come when you finish the mission because all the smiles everything that you were able to do and help out yeah it's i agree on that part and it's really hard to describe because when people ask because you know when they uh, tell us about your mission well before you could come on the missions and i, I would know. come home it was you hard for me to explain to you it. about the missions i kind of understood but never like now. Like now I know exactly why you are, want to come back and come back and over and over again. Because why use my vacation time to come here? Yes. And it's the best way to do your vacation. Use your vacation time yeah. helping people. Yeah. yeah. Helping the kids. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Why? One of the things that I really, I mean, we've talked about how people are so grateful and how it feels good to be able to make a difference. 
these last few times that we've come, we've been able to bring medical supplies from my hospital. Oh, that's right. Or the, any supplies that we've been able to gather, whether it's tape or band-aids or just things like that. Remember, we went to the hospital in Puebla, and I brought a bag of thermometers, stethoscopes. Actually, Oaxaca. You're right. But, yeah. Thermometers, stethoscopes, some band-aids, some gauze, just some extra things that I was able to collect and bring down. And I gave them to the director of the hospital, and she was so grateful. And I almost felt bad because it was just so little in a way. So little and just so yeah. unimportant. That little helped so much. So the next day, she came back. She asked for my full name. She said, I, I need your full name in your hospital. I said, okay, here it is. And then she came back a half hour later with the director of the hospital and three other doctors with a certificate. typewriter certificate with my name. It says, we would like to thank Christy Leverage for the following items. And she had listed everything for six band-aids, five stethoscopes, 10 pieces of gauze, five scissors. Yeah. And we have that later. I still keep it because every little bit, every little bit, every band-aid, every moment that you spend with someone makes a difference. Yes. And we all, we all have something to give. We all have different gifts and talents and I feel so blessed to, to be able to give up what I have. I've been really, really blessed and I feel like this is an opportunity to to share that with other people, with beautiful, appreciative, wonderful, wonderful people. Yeah, not only the kids, but the moms too. Yeah, yeah. the families. Families are beautiful. Totally. Yeah, they cannot thank you enough, and it even makes you feel a little bit weird because it's like, don't thank me so much, this is really not that much, but it means so much for them, the little things that we do, that it changes completely their lives forever. Yeah, yeah. and at the same time it changes ours. Every single mission changes a little bit of who you are. And it makes you appreciate things in a better way, in a different way, for sure. As we were at patient announcement yesterday morning, uh, mm -hmm. so they would call out day one, day two, day three, and finally got down to Friday, and the last ones are just crossing their fingers, that hoping that their selected. child gets selected. Yeah. And just to see the, the joy and just the tears of finally, some of them have waited, have waited a long time. Yeah. Or for the chance to to get this surgery. Are you ready for this mission? Yeah, I'm excited. Screening days are always my favorite, and those are past. I oh. like those days best because you get, you to get connect all the kids, all the kids at once. Yeah, and I always sneak away from play. my stations and yeah. paint nails and play with the kids and get to meet the families and hear a little bit of their stories. The story. Yeah, um, always so incredible. But surgery week is is awesome too because that's when it all it's exciting for the families and that's when it all comes okay. together yeah um but i'm really looking forward to another mission with you this will be our fifth, fifth mission together Yay. together fifth of hopefully many more um yes i hope we can continue to do this for as long as we can yeah. and do at least one or two a year to keep helping yeah. yes yeah. and together preferably yeah yeah. Well, thanks for being here, and I love that we can be here among your people. This is where you grew up, and yeah. It makes me extremely happy. I love that we're together here, and we get the best of ourselves to our people in my country and any other country they send us. But this one is special because it's my country, too. 
Viva México. Viva México y a trabajar. A sí. trabajar. That concludes this week's episode of Behind the Smiles. It's people like Lorraine and Christy that drive the success and care of Operation Smile. A huge thank you to them for sitting down with us and sharing their story. If you're interested in donating or getting involved, click the link in the episode description. Let us know you're listening by screenshotting the episode and posting it to, to your story with hashtag Behind the Smiles. You may get a shout out on our social media pages in the next episodes. You can find more great stories about our work on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Operation Smile. Finally, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We put out new episodes every other Wednesday.